Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Yeah, I get pissed off. It's always in the back of my mind like you should be writing, but I've yeah. had I've learned over the years there's no point beating yourself up if, if, if the inspiration's not there it's not there right. you know you should go off and get on with your life meet up with friends do your thing see your family like live your life and that's where the inspiration will come if you sit at home with a blank piece of paper going come on think think it's never going to come because you're not fucking doing anything and, yeah. and all you're doing is getting more pissed off and acknowledging the fact I'm not writing anything Hello and welcome to another episode of Balancing Acts. My guest this week is none other than Sarah Callahan. Sarah is an award-winning comedian. She's a writer, a poet. She is a force of nature. She's got all-round positive vibes. We talk about how she's found this positive energy because she says she didn't used to be like that. The point is, she says that she shifted her mindset and her energy and you can feel it. Like, I came away from this conversation fully inspired. Perfect. Hi, this is Steve Whiteley, comedian, actor, filmmaker and writer, all-round ADHD creative. And welcome to my new podcast, Balancing Acts, where I talk to an array of creatives ranging from comedians, actors, directors, all sorts. And we talk about how they find a sense of balance or not between their creative lives and their everyday lives and how that has an impact on their mental health and beyond. What also impresses me about Sarah is how she finds a balance between her creative life and social and personal life. We talk about how she always prioritised family and friends, whether it's, you know, going to someone's birthday or being with family, prioritise that over, let's say, a gig. What I took away from this conversation is just you've got to enjoy it. You've got to enjoy your life, you've got to enjoy the process. Yes, it's a struggle, this creative life that we lead. But if you're not enjoying it, what is the point? If you're someone like me who struggles to find a balance between their creative work and everyday life, then this is the conversation for you. Sarah has the answers that you are looking for. Check, check, check. One, two. Inside the venue. Oh my. (laughs) Obviously not going to be talking about that at all. There's no reason for me to to talk like a garage MC but uh, uh, it's fun bit of fun isn't it bit of fun isn't it Sarah Callan, how are you I'm good how are you yeah very good uh, as we said before last time we saw each other was at um, the poetry event put on by Gif Gaff where we both performed mm-hmm. you performed genuine heartfelt poetry <laughs> and I did not I performed as my character mm. who is a parody of a spoken word artist and to be honest I felt quite awkward doing it surrounded by a load of genuine yeah. spoken word <laughs> artists it was uh, it was an interesting event uh, did fun you, though it was fun yeah did you enjoy it um, it was the first like poetry thing that I'd done so it was very it was scary first, for me we did talk about this wasn't it the first yeah. one either, either of us had done mm. I was surprised I thought they'd made a terrible error booking me same um, yeah so <laughs> when I met you I was a bit like oh cool at least I'm not alone you know yeah, what I mean it was like, it's funny wasn't it because like all the other spoken word artists were kind of like talking to each other and stuff and then they were so like, into it yeah and then you and I once we realised we're both comedians made a beeline for each other yeah uh, but it was good it was fun mm. in the end yeah it was a big learning thing for me and good networking opportunity yeah and decent money so fuck so it. yeah hole in one really mm. but um, how did you find the improvised aspect to it 
because initially we were asked to improvise poems based on the topic. But then after a while, pretty much everyone started falling back on yeah. you know, po- poems they'd already written. Yeah, I thought there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. One, because I hadn't been doing poetry that long. For me, it's just like make something up in the space of what, like 10 minutes. Yeah, um, it's tough. Yeah, I thought, no, fuck this, I'm going to... And because I was thinking, you know, I don't know if I'm going to get booked again or different opportunities might come from this. I wanted to do my my gold. Yeah. So I just tried to crowbar in whatever topic it was into a piece I already had, which luckily I did have a few different pieces that were the same. So, yeah, fuck it. Did you get any opportunities arrive at the back of of doing that gig? Yeah, I met... um, Hussein Manawar was there. I didn't know he was the guy and he took my number at the time and said, you know, I think you're good, like contact me and stuff. And I just put it off, put it off, put it off. About six months later, yeah. I do this poetry gig and this like, it went really well. And this guy was there and he said, oh, you really remind me of someone. Do you know this guy called Hussein Manaway? And I was like, no, I don't know. And he said, look, get him on Instagram. So I got him on Instagram, I'm looking at him. I'm like, God, I really recognise that guy. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, that's the guy from Gift Gaff, right? So I messaged him. I said, this is going to sound really weird, but did you do a Gift Gaff? Um, like corporate thing and uh, he said yes why haven't you rung me yet did he really yeah I couldn't believe it because I forgot what he looked like and I forgot his name but then when I saw the his Instagram I was like no I do know this guy I swear that's that guy so I feel like the universe pulled us back together and made me be like you need to contact him so after that like we we spoke on the phone a couple of like times and um, he was really good like giving me advice of how to move forward in the poetry game and what to do with shows and what does it what was his advice uh, about branding um, okay. and how to, you know, do it because you love it, but ultimately you are a business, you know, you're not doing it for fun. Yeah. You know, you want to progress in the industry and, and make money and get sponsorship and stuff like that if you want to take it serious. And um, so I was like, fuck, man. Like, it really hit with me and I took a lot of his stuff on board and my journey's just gone from strength to strength. So I owe a lot oh, to really? him, man, oh, yeah. Oh, as a result of that, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Mm, very encouraging as well. Like, always messages me before a show, like, you know, good luck, you can smash it and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, he's a good guy, man. That's wicked. Yeah, so that was a great, you know, obviously meeting you, another good thing to come out of yeah, it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a weird gig, but um, I feel like it was, like, meant to be. So you, you got into stand-up comedy before you got into poetry, right? Or did you always poetry before stand-up comedy no I did stand up and then and only in and the last like, year and a half I started doing poetry and what made you get into poetry um I was really depressed actually and I'd come out of um, a very toxic relationship very messy breakup and um I just it was just like a form of therapy so I'd like write poems just like to myself wouldn't show them to no one it was just you know getting them on the page and getting the emotions out and whatever and then um I read a few to my mate and she was like oh they're really good and all this sort of shit and I was like, oh, that's nothing, you know? And then uh, I went, we, we used to go to all these different nights, like meditation nights and sound healing and all these conscious like oh, speeches and stuff like that. So we really got into all of that. And at the end of a lot of these nights, they do like an open mic where you can either get up and talk about something, sing a song, play an instrument, um, do a poem. And we went to this one and at, like everyone had performed and then they, the guy was basically like, oh, is there anyone else? And my friend was like, she's got a poem. And I'm like... No, I don't. I don't have a poem. It's fine. It's cool. We're finished here. And he's like, no, 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 get up. And everyone there's so supportive. So they're all like, no, come on. It's a safe space. Please, <laughs> please we'd love for you to share your poem. And I'm like, yeah. fuck off. So anyway, they're all going, come on, come on. They're all like clapping me and that. So I had to get up. So I went up and I read this poem and um, it was so bad. It was it was the worst. Po- wor- what was first it about? It was, it was about the breakup, but it was the worst okay. poem ever. I mean, it was just shit, right? Okay. And I started crying halfway through. Oh, wow. So embarrassing. Like, I've never, ever cried in public, in it. And um, the more nice people were, the more upset I got. It was just, it was horrific. Anyway, but after that, it kind of gave me the bug, in it. And because I hate being shit at stuff, I was like, no, now I need to go back and go to an actual approach gig and do well. So then I started doing that, and then it's just built from there, really. Amazing. Yeah. What, what were the nights called that you went to the, when you said you went to the meditation? Yeah, so the one, it was a guy called Marv Radio. He's a beatboxer and he's a sound okay. healer. He's an amazing, amazing bloke. I forgot the name of that one. It doesn't, it, um, the venue got shut down. It used to be in Dalston. Okay. So they don't do it anymore, but I go to places like Restless Future. Um, that's run by uh, Faisal Salar and his Mrs. Inca, who are both fantastic people and also um, Stand for Humanity. I okay. don't know if you've heard of that no. one, which, you know, a lot of people come for in their, their sort of campaigning for stuff against like, homelessness and immigration. And the bird that runs that is called... Um, 
it, Yazzie, Yazzie Min. Yeah, go. yeah, Boom. yeah. That's uh, but um, but yeah, check it out if you have the chance. It's really good, and, okay. and 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 it's always a good opportunity to like be creative in that as well. Like, whilst doing a good thing. Do you do you still meditate now? Is that something that's part of your daily routine? Or it's you know? not. It's not. I wish it could be, and it, it really should be. I'm very creatively stimulated in the minute, so I feel like I don't need it. You know, okay. meditation sort of thing where you know you you can you can it can come in and out of your life when you need it. Personally, I don't need to do it regularly every day. Okay. If I'm feeling a bit stressed, I might sit down and do it. Yeah. But I'm getting a lot of comfort and. Um, from creativity yeah exactly itself. yeah so I don't really, I, is I don't there anything really. that you need to get you into like a real creative zone like listening the, to music really that kind really? of yeah 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 because yeah. then, then I'll just stop all the other voices in my head like yeah 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 and I just get like in the zone any particular type of music Kendrick Lamar okay always Kendrick yeah, yeah. <laughs> but actually I've been getting into um, Masego do you know, know Masego no. so he's like a jazz Jazz, um, uh, he plays saxophone and that. Okay. He sings a little bit, but it's just like music. Okay. And a guy called FKJ, he's sick. It stands for French Kiwi Juice. Oh, nice. And he's basically. I like him for the name yeah, of Yeah, he's so cool. And um, it's just music, basically. Like, he's like a sound engineer and he just, he does, he plays like three different types of guitar and, and then saxophone and piano and he puts it all together and it's, oh man. And he uses like a loop and. He did some vocals with Tom Meesh. It's fucking, oh, the music. You know, when you just listen to it, it's like orgasmic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the sort of yeah. shit I'm getting into at the moment, man. And how did you discover them? I find, like, for me at the moment, like, Spotify discovery, just like, mm. you know, you're on your playlist and then the playlist finishes and suddenly all this sick music starts yeah. playing. Because they've just carried on. And yeah. oh, you're like this, so you're like this. Almost like when you go on Amazon, you bought this product, so you might like this product. Yeah, yeah. In a much better way. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, sometimes that happens, but other times it's like, just hanging with people and different creatives. Like, I always get stoned. Like, I'll go in someone's house and we just get so blazed. And then you just watch, like, music videos. Okay. And the same as that, it will just roll on to the next video. Yeah. And it will just go down a fucking rabbit hole. And, and in the end, you're like, oh, my yeah, God, this is sick. Those. Who's that? Yeah. Who's that? You know what I mean? And because you're stoned, no one's changing the channel. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, or, like, yeah. picking a tune. And um, Those are great sessions. Yeah. Just... I, I love organically finding new music. Yeah, totally. It's the best, man. Well, like, you know, back in the day... Uh, I used to be a garage DJ and MC. Is it? Yeah, so Sick. I used to go to uh, I used to go to like record stores all the time, mm. and that was the way that I used to find music. And like for me, still, you know, looking at like, especially from like a nostalgic perspective, nothing beat that because mm. when you found like a white label that no one really knew about, or you'd listen to Pirate and you heard this song, you're like what the I fuck is that? Yeah, I need that, and then you find it. That was just, you know, mm. the best. But the downside was it was like eight quid to 10 or 11 quid for a vinyl, mm. sometimes just for a track. Mm. Whereas now, you know, you could just go, well, firstly, it's obviously free, you're streaming it or whatever. And secondly, it's just easy to find. Like you said, you just get stoned at home, yeah. listen to, to YouTube and boom, then you find it's it. so accessible, isn't it? Yeah. But then I feel like I, I do envy the journey of going and like, going through the records yeah. and like finding the perfect one and like... There's definitely something to that, but at the same time, it's like, who has the time? I oh, know. Who has yeah. the time now? I still love a hard copy though. I'm a CD girl. I have to. Oh, like, yeah. If I like so, I'll definitely. I'll, obviously, I'll you still buy it. it. I'll still buy the CD. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. I like just having it there. You know, people obviously have vinyls and that. Yeah, yeah. I've got stacks and stacks of CDs. See, yeah, I used to. I got rid of all my CDs. One of the worst things I ever did was I had mixtapes, loads of rave mixtapes, mm. and I had loads of recordings of all DJ sets I used to make, uh, take sets recording. Mm. And they were in a bin liner bag, and I just had them for years. I never used them, and I threw them all away. Oh, just you're one of those mad. things. Yeah, it's one of those things you make. You, you, I feel sick just thinking oh about it. Oh my god! I know. I know. Well, you purposely threw them away. Or it was an accident. No, I purposely threw them. Away. I don't Why? need these anyone. Don't know. Don't ask me. It's just like <laughs> it's like yeah, CDs are the thing now. Don't need these tape cassettes. Just ridiculous. You should have gone transferred, man. I did, and then I don't know what the fuck happened to them. I don't know what oh, happened. God. I don't want to think about it because it's quite painful for me <laughs> right some, now. You had some past trauma yeah, creeping back in. Yeah, it's all right. This is a nice little therapy session for me. Um, so, do you smoke weed every day? Is that is smoke that smoke weed thing every day? day. Um, most days, not every day. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a part-time gangster. I used to be a full-time OG, but yeah. now, I mean, I'm no, not not. Really. So, I went to LA recently, mm. and. Um, I tried the edibles out there and oh my nice. God, my mind was blown. <laughs> it was just incredible. Yeah. I mean, combination of I don't really smoke so much anymore, mm. but also you go in there and because it's, you know, legalised, they've got all these shops uh, that are kind of like designed like Mac stores, really like slick. Wow. Uh, and they, you know, the shop assistant mm. will come up to you and like, hello, sir, how can I help you? What kind of high are you looking for today? <laughs> And I was like, I want something up, man. I want something just to make me fucking laugh. Mm. And then it's like, well, sir, I would suggest these gummy bears. Wow. And then you're just boshing them back and it's just 
it just opens your mind. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I found sometimes when I used to smoke weed back in the day, well, skunk particularly, uh, I'd get quite monged. Mm, yeah, I hate that. I hate that. Yeah, I definitely prefer uppers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just feeling like... I'm not one of these ones, you know, some people can smoke and then they get all, like, creative. For me, I have a joint after I've done all my work as yeah. a treat. I'm like, so I bash all the work out. That's all done because then I, I know when I when I smoke, I'm not in the mood to do nothing. You know what I mean? I just want to chill, right. listen to music, eat and that. So... But yeah, I envy the people that can smoke and then like write loads of material and like, yeah. or they get really, um, my mate's like really productive. She'll like clean the house and that. I'm That's like, crazy. you're mad. That cleaning is the last thing it's I want to do if I'm it? stoned, you know what I mean? It's so funny how people react differently. It must mm. be some different chemical yeah. balance or something. Yeah. So, so you won't you won't ever write while you're stoned? No, okay. never, I never go on stage. more for chill for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's okay. a, it's a, you know, some people come home and have a glass of wine. Oh, I'll have a joint. Yeah. yeah. So what do you get out of? poetry that you don't necessarily get out of comedy do you find you can be more honest in poetry 100 percent. really yeah it's okay. like it's just raw it's real it's it's you yeah and you really connect with people like whenever i do my pieces like everyone always comes up to me and it's just like fuck man that that happened to me or really? that's exactly that was my this is a bluetooth oh. yeah. <laughs> that's um uh, yeah. that's exactly like what i went through or things like that and it's just for me that that means so much and you know, you could do, you could smash a comedy gig and someone comes up to you and said, oh, well done, you're really funny. But yeah. it ends there. You know yeah. what I mean? They won't think about you for time after. Whereas with poetry, you really, you really get inside them, you know? Yeah. And, and I've done it the same. Like when, when I've seen people and I'll never forget like either a certain line or a certain thing they did or right. the way they said it. And it's, it sticks with me for ages after. So if I can have that effect on somebody else, I'm like, fuck, that's sick. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I like about it anyway. Just that connection, connecting with your audience. So do you find with your comedy, you, you, you're not as honest? Is it more like a heightened version of you, a more exaggerated version? Definitely, yeah. yeah. And it's like, all the stories are true. Like, I, you know, I pride myself that my comedy's not, not all just made, like, made up stories. They're all they're all truth or based on truth, at least. Yeah. But yeah, because I am an exaggerated form of myself, it's like, there is a mask there, you know what I mean? Because it's all jokey-jokey, you never really get to the heart of how do you feel. You know, you talk about a breakup, yeah. but then there's a punchline there, <clears throat> which is great because they're there to laugh. But at the end of the day, it's like, was my breakup funny? No. Well, no, it wasn't. I don't find it funny. Even now, I don't find it funny. Yeah. So you, you you manipulate it on the stage to entertain. So when you're doing poetry, it's like you're still entertaining, but you don't need to be funny. You know, there's sure. no expectation. I Speak can say, I'm hurting. I'm in pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? That really affected me. Um, my heart's broken and people are like, shit, me too. I'm here for you. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's just that different... It's, it's, it's quite it's, he- yeah. healing. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And it's nice to have the two... You know, I'm doing the two professions side by side. Because it's such a nice contrast. You know, I can be yeah. funny, then I can be serious. And then if it gets a bit too serious, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to jump back to being funny now. Totally. So, yeah, it's good. So I, I have merged the two worlds together with my act doing, yeah. you know, comedy, spoken word, and it's a character. So I'm hiding behind, like, loads <laughs> <Yeah>. of walls. <laughs> so to make sure... It's the heart of the problem. <laughs> yeah, to distance the real me. Yeah. I guess partly that's why I am doing this, because this is, like, an opportunity just, well, obviously, to talk to people and um, get to know them more etc and, and speak to them about you know creativity etc but it's also just it's quite nice to not have the pressure of having to feel like you've got to be funny mm, mm. you know you can actually oh, just relax and have just a genuine conversation exactly so why do you hide behind all the, all three then ah uh, turning around uh, <laughs> I, t- t- do you know what in terms of from a comedic perspective I feel part of it is actually laziness like okay. uh, in terms of you can like, get away with a lot more can't you yeah, I think you can get... I think you probably can. And I think uh, character comedy is something that's always come quite naturally to me. Mm. Whereas uh, doing stand-up as myself is something I have to work harder at. Mm. I've just been developing this act now for like three years. It's just like, can I be bothered to do... Yeah, in stick at it, man. Yeah, part, I mean, partly I, I'd like to, and maybe I will. But for now, like, to be able to... I never would have thought years ago after, you know... Doing being a garage MC and and obviously that never really took I never became like one of the greatest MCs of all time or anything I never would have thought that would come full circle and I find a way to incorporate that into mm. my comedy so be able to do that on a regular basis is Sick. is fun yeah, yeah I love it I love it it's so like, it's like people just do nothing isn't it yeah it's like they're pretending to be shit but, but they're, they're actually really games. good yeah. they're really good like yeah. they're all like touring as 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 the characters yeah exactly it's amazing, amazing what they've done oh, it's incredible sick. that's the i mean really that is the dream yeah it? yeah like get your sitcom or whatever mm-hmm. it is build up your audience and then you're touring yeah. live yeah oh, yeah amazing so with having to balance those two you know creative aspects of your life 
how do you how do you structure your time and day in terms of like creating new material will you be like if you have a gig will that sort of lead you to have more urgency and prioritize stand up or do you have like right this day I'm writing poetry or today I'm writing comedy mm. how do you how do you structure that how do you make it work well, unless I'm working on a show, I never really sit down and work. Like, things just come to me. Like, poetry, I write a lot of my stuff in bed. Do you? So it'd be late at night and I'll just write notes in my phone. So right. that inspiration could come anytime and anywhere, okay. really. But it's yeah. usually at night time. I'm not doing anything else. I'm just chilled, like, in bed watching TV. Stand up, again, like, I usually get inspiration on the train. Like, I'll think of something, I'll, I'll write it in my notes and then I'll go home and write it out more. Okay. Um, will you, and then but, what, how will you write it out? Do you write out a full set or... We yeah. just write out bullet points. Yeah, I'm quite robotic actually. Like I'll, um, I write it out like a script, like literally word for word how I'll say it. Yeah. Um, so that it's just down, and then after that I'll do the set list, which will just be like like one words, you know, like ice cream, uh, skydive, love, okay. like boom boom. It'll go down like that. But um, yeah, I'll write it like fully out. But and then I've had like writing sessions with people, and when I'm working on a show, like I'll I'll, I'll spend a whole day like going through the material talking it out loud to myself at home. Okay. But, writing, writing sessions with other comedians. Yeah, right? with other okay. comedians and stuff and just trying to collab a bit more okay. <clears throat> as I'm getting older and moving forward and doing more shows and that. Um, and uh, But yeah, I don't, it's really weird. I don't think it's like set times, like two o'clock till three, I'm going to do comedy. Five till six, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, I comes and goes, the inspiration. It just, okay. it's, it's um, like liquid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just flows. Yeah, because there's sometimes I have a complete writer's block and I won't write anything for you, fucking months. Okay, so, so and how are you with yourself when you go through that? Are you are you are you hard on yourself or are you just like okay, cool, this is what it is. I'm just going to go off and do something else now for a bit. Um, yeah, I get pissed off. It's always in the back of my mind like you should be writing, but I've yeah. had I've learned over the years there's no point beating yourself up if if, if the inspiration's not there, it's not there. Right. You know, you should go off and get on with your life, meet up with friends, do your thing, see your family, like live your life and that's where the inspiration will come if you sit at home with a blank piece of paper going come on think think it's never going to come because you're not fucking doing anything and and all you're doing is getting more pissed off and acknowledging the fact I'm not writing anything you know what I mean and then you it's just a knock on effect of negativity so it's taken me a long time to get to that mate you are wise to come up (laughs) with that already because I I still struggle with that oh man but I know I'm very hard on myself but it's just can't force these things man no gotta let it happen no it's happen naturally yeah it's a cliche isn't it but Mm. it's like those moments when the subconscious takes over. Mm. It's like when they say, you know, like when, like when you're so desperate to be in a relationship and you're going on dates and nothing's working, you don't know, and you end up having this desperate energy, you're just giving out the wrong vibes. And they always say, the day you stop giving a fuck is when things will come. Happen, so yeah. the way you're like, oh, I don't want a boyfriend anyway, it doesn't matter. That's when you fucking will fall in love. They always say that, don't they? And the same yeah. as, you know, I was telling you earlier about like, you know, that. being a bit more relaxed with the comedy and not being so, oh, I need to meet this goal and I need this and why am I not getting booked here? The more I'm like, do you know what? What what will be will be. Yeah. The more relaxed I've been, the bookings have just been rolling in, and I'm like, bloody hell, where's all this come from? You know. But I think because I'm giving off that energy, it's self confidence for yeah. start, and um, yeah, just being relaxed and being like cool, you know. Have you always been like a big believer in you know energy and the type of energy you put out into the universe, you get back in and, and that type of thing? Or, and only only in the last. I'd say like two, three years. I never used to be. I used to be like, I'm not joking you, man. This is how crazy it is. Like some people think it's bullshit, but this is real. When I was younger, very, very angry child. I'd like a bit of a colourful upbringing. So I was very angry, very depressed, very negative, right? I always used to get ill. I was always ill, whether that's a cold or a bad back or a bad foot or a blocked nose or any just ulcers, illness all the time, negativity all the time. Everything used to go wrong arguments with people it was fucking tough man child all through my teenage years all through my 20s and then about three years ago started to just change I started to like I don't know what it was it was was a gradual process was there anything specific that brought it on well just a few different chains of events like big things that went on my car exploded on the M25 I had this terrible breakup with my ex like mad shit was going on like some a few um career knockbacks and it's almost like I was standing there, I'm thinking, what the fuck else can go wrong? This yeah. is dog shit. My life is shit. I'm so unhappy. So when you're rock bottom, the only way is up. And you're only going to get up if you change. You know, it's like you can't repeat the same thing over and over again and expect different results, you know. So my mate got really into like all this conscious shit and started going to all these nights, like I said. So started to go in there, listening to people, listening to their attitudes and learning about law of attraction and the universe and energies. 
and really started to believe it, right? And slowly, 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 you know, I've tried to just become a better person, become more compassionate, care more, um, love myself more, obviously expand into other creative things. I've started playing the drums. So I, I play the drums now, do poetry, just immerse myself in what makes me happy. Mm. Not about money, not about anything. What makes me happy? What can I do right now that's going to bring me the most joy? So the more I did that, the more things started fucking falling into place. And it's so mad. This year, I cannot believe we're only in April. Like, the amount of shit that's happened to me, like, people that have come into my life, gig opportunities, you know, work stuff, poetry, it's... And it's not me, you know what I mean? I mean, it's my attitude, but it's 100% the universe. The universe. And th- it's the stars are aligning and I'm like so fucking happy. It's mad. So yeah. now I'm, I'm super positive. Like I try and just yeah. inspire everyone and big everyone up and promote people. And like three years ago, I was a completely different person. We probably right. wouldn't have even got on. You know what I mean? It's, really? it's, I was, I was just a bitch and I'll admit okay. that. But now I've, I think I've turned it around and everything seems to be hopefully working out. That's great. Mm. Do you do creative visualizations as in, will you actually, you know, sit down, go out your way and, and close your eyes and think about things that you want and, and visualise yourself doing those things or is yeah. it more subtle? Yeah, I write, I write lists. I write so, lists. Like affirmation Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, anytime. I'm just, I'm reading this book at the moment, <laughs> creative, creative Visualisation, which is all about that sort Oh of man, stuff. It's, it works, man. So okay. every time there's a full moon, <laughs> a, new, a new moon, sorry, um, I write a list of short-term goals and long-term goals. Okay. And um, so the ones that are like easily to be achieved, say, say within a year. Yeah. And then one's like a five-year plan. And, I, you know, the, the five-year always kind of stays the same. But it's, it's good. Last year and this year, all the things I wrote down, I have achieved. So I was like, fuck. And it's so nice to look back on and be like, wow. Yeah. And then what I do as well, um, I write down all the things I want to get rid of. So say if I'm feeling a little bit jealous that month or I'm thinking about my ex, and I'm like, ah, fuck that cunt. Um, I'm allowed to swear on it, yeah? yeah. <laughs> um, or just little things that are bugging me or I, I feel like I'm being a bit short with people. So I write down all the negative things I want to get out of my system yeah. and I burn it. I burn the piece of paper, I burn it and I have a shower and as the water's going over me it's like I'm washing away all the negativity it's like no and all as the water goes down into the drain I come out shower I moisturise and I'm like yeah cool new energy so that's proper (laughs) I love that try it it makes you feel so good you know what I mean because obviously every day you have a shower so in the morning to do that and just you start the day off and just you start, you cleanse yourself. You're like a That's new energy. Yeah. I do. Uh, I have this whole little morning routine. I do. In the moment, I'm out of sorts at the moment uh, because uh, my ex-girlfriend and I broke up and, and we she, were living together here. So mm. And then um, she moved out. And, and so, you know, when you go through those periods of like change or whatever, mm. everything's a little bit... Ugh. But when I am in the zone, I have this like militant morning routine and it ultimately ends with me doing a freezing cold shower. Wow. And it's like the coldest temperature. Mm. And it's kind of this symbolic thing. I say like, if I can start the day sort of like doing something that's really not that comfortable mm. uh, and make myself do it like every morning, then I'm like set up to just do anything yeah. for the rest of the day. Yeah. And, and it's it that shock as well, up. the physical shock. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. Um, that's well good. I, I, I started um, watching these videos. A friend had recommended about this guy called Wim Hof. Have you heard of him? No. He's called the, the, the Ice Man. Okay. <laughs> and um, he basically does these breathing techniques, and there's all this research being done on him where he can basically control his own immune system through the combination of doing these breathing techniques, holding mm. his breath, and then doing going in freezing cold water. So he's done stuff like climbed up Mount Everest barefooted, just oh in my shorts, God. Oh and this my kind God. of thing. Uh, so I started just copying a bit of that and it's like going up Mount Everest in, in, with no shoes on definitely not maybe Primrose Hill <laughs> okay um, that's as far as it goes <laughs> one step at a time yeah yeah Fuck, uh, but that's all these, wicked that's these, so these cool. things work though you know mm. I think they you just, do like, just find what works for you don't you it makes me laugh when people sort of snigger it or write it off and I'm like bruv try it for a month and tell me I'm wrong yeah. you know yeah. just all you got to do like because I was a bit the same I'm like alright he just sounds like hippie talk but it's <sighs> It's not a coincidence that certain things are happening to me now, you know, and I don't get ill. I don't get ill ever, really? ever. Really? I, ha- I just don't get ill, you know, and, and things like that. And it's just, it's it's not like I'm not around, you know, uh, dis- uh, not disease, like um, bacteria and that, like, you know, yeah, when you're you on the, the London front- Underground. Yeah, exactly. We're on the train and things like that. And yeah, um, yeah you know, l- late nights and doing drugs and whatever, you know, it's, you know, I could pick things up, but I just don't. And yeah. I think it's because I'm just... 
I've got this good energy around me. Do you do uh, exercise or eat healthily or you're not... Trying to, trying okay. to eat more healthy. Obviously, it's hard when you're on the road and stuff like, yeah, you know, totally. service stations eating burgers and sandwiches and whatever. So, yeah, that's something I need to sort out. But, I mean, I don't eat well bad. I'm trying, I've got a personal trainer at the moment. Have so, you? yeah, nice. I actually fucked up my Achilles heel. So, I'm, oh, I can't shit. run for a little bit, which is annoying. But we're just going to be doing like upper body stuff. So, yeah, that's definitely one of my goals for this year is okay. to get physically fitter and stronger apart from all the other creative stuff yeah that's something that I, I want to do I want to achieve yeah I want to look you know I've come out of breakup I want to look pegged you know what I mean I'm not gonna yeah. lie I need to the glow up to be this year you've got to have your motivation <laughs> yeah I've got to do it I've got to do it so um and also even you know if you're fueling it through anger or upset or whatever yeah if you're fitter that's gonna last with you for ages you know I mean even when yeah. the pain goes you, you, you know you're fitter so sweet yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, just doing exercise, just releasing endorphins. Yeah. You just feel great. You do. It's, it's the most underrated un, uh, antidepressant, I swear. Like, people always, when they're like, I'm depressed, and then they go to, like, doctors, and they just give them pills and shit. I'm like, have a good meal, go and exercise, listen to a good tune, and fucking hell, I tell you what, you'll start to feel a little bit better. Like, I know your problems ain't going to go away, but, you know. You need to release a book. That's the theme of yes. the book, basically. Yeah, yeah. What Sarah, do you think Sarah I should? Sarah Secrets, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's a good idea. This is how it is, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you put on some music. <laughs> <laughs> go and have a fucking run. Yeah. And then come back to me. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Hello, sorry to interrupt in the middle of this insightful conversation, which I'm enjoying, I'm sure, just as much as you are. But I need to give you guys a little reminder. Uh, If you like this conversation, this episode, if you like balancing acts in general, then please do subscribe to us, rate and review us because it makes the world of difference. And the more reviews we get, the more rates we get, the more people can discover the podcast and we can make it go viral, whatever that means. Okay, back to the chat. I couldn't agree more. I try and exercise every morning, mm. and um, that's good, man. It makes the... yeah, it makes a world of difference. And I try and do it in the morning because obviously gigging in the evenings mm. and I don't know. Just I don't, I'd rather not do it in the evenings. So I'll get up a little bit earlier just to do that, and um, that's just like for me. If I don't meditate or if I don't do exercise, I feel a bit offish. I just have to. I just need that in my life. Mm. Uh, but also because I've got excess energy, I've got so much energy. I just need to burn it. Yeah. You know. Oh God, I wish I could have that. <laughs> sounds like you have. It, nah, sounds nah. like you have. You're doing loads of stuff. Yeah, not yeah, but not physical energy. Okay. <laughs> like I, that's one thing I need. If I could get away with not doing exercise, I will. I'm a lazy bitch in it, but really? I'm forcing myself. But then doing it is obviously a sense of achievement in it. So I'm like, oh sweet. Yeah, it's just baby steps, isn't it? Like, I think it's, you know, my mum is now. Oh, how old is she? She's 63 or something like that. Oh, I don't know exactly. <laughs> uh, I can edit it. I can edit that bit and then put yeah, in the correct yeah. page. Um, She's only just got into jogging now mm. and she loves it. She's like, oh, how, how did I not get into this earlier? Mm. She's like, I feel amazing. Wow. Yeah. See? There you, you go. do anything any age, isn't it? There you go. There you go. So what would be the ultimate dream for you now? Like you're working on this stand-up and poetry side by side. Mm. Have you got an ultimate goal that you're going for? Or is it more of a step-by-step process for you? I think um, different goals in different fields... Comedy, um, I toured Australia the last t- two years and then last year I was Amazing. in New Zealand and then I just got back from Dubai a couple of weeks ago. So I think with that, because I'm going to be doing a big comedy, another comedy hour 2020, I want to next year tour, do all the festivals again out there, Melbourne, okay. Adelaide, Perth, Sydney, uh, New Zealand, Singapore, and then come back round and finish up at the end of the fringe in August. Amazing. So that's I'm working towards that. That's why I'm taking two years to write a comedy show because I don't want it to be mediocre. I want it to be absolutely fucking shit hot. Yeah. Like every line, like bang, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like rounds of applause. Like I need it. I need to have a comeback like that. So that's the, that's the aim for that, which is a slow and steady thing. I'm very, very relaxed with that process. Poetry, I'm doing a big show in July, confirming the date today. So short-term goal is just sell that out and just do a fucking wicked show and have people like it and sell a load of merch off the back of it. Hopefully do like a mini tour. Okay. Get the album out, get the second book out. And um, big dream, I want to I headline the Jazz Cafe. That's, 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 that's a great dream. That's my sort of, you know, I, I hope it will happen less than five years, but maximum that's my five-year plan okay. to do a, a, a headline set at Jazz Cafe. So 
fingers crossed. I love crossed. a jazz cafe. Yeah, yeah. That's fingers crossed venue. that happens. But yeah, so that's that a great goal. That's mm. a really good. So, and for the uh, touring side of things and stand up for your debut show, sorry, for your solo shows, do you write everything on your own? Do you have a director you work with? Or is there anyone specifically you have like helping you script edit? I had a director the last couple of years okay. and I think I'm going to be working on the new show with a couple of people, but nothing's confirmed yet. Okay. But yeah. As, um, in, as in other comedians? Or, yeah, other yeah, comedians okay. that also like write and direct and right. um, yeah, they can like punch punch up the show a little bit, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think collaboration is very important at this stage and especially, you know, trying to stand out everyone's doing the same the competition's so fierce and at the end of the day you know a lot of people disrespect people that have other writers and that but <laughs> Frankie Boyle was about 15 fucking writers on that Mock the Week and yeah, yeah yeah and Lee Evans had two other writers on all of his shows I'm and all for it all, a- anyone who is successful joins heads 100%. There is, you cannot do this shit on your own and, and why would you want to why would you not want to collaborate with someone who's also incredibly talented who you respect and admire like to join forces makes you powerful so that's definitely what I'm doing now. I'm just like fucking all the negativity and people that say, oh, you should do it on your own. You're not authentic. Because at the end of the day, uh, 90% of the work is mine. And also, who's the one getting up on the stage and actually performing it? Me. And that's like the most, that's the hardest of the work. You know what I mean? There's actually yeah. going out there, going to the gig, actually getting on stage and performing it. So um, fuck it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm excited anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think collaboration is key. Because you're getting other people's perspectives, their skill sets, and just making you think in ways that you wouldn't do if exactly. you were just writing on your own. Mm. Uh, I've had a director for my previous two Edinburgh shows and uh, also helping me with my, with, I don't know, with all sorts of stuff. And it's made the world of difference. Mm. I would have, there's no way I would have progressed as quick if uh, I was doing it on my yeah, own. Yeah, exactly. You know? I think it's great. I, I, it makes me laugh when you, when you hear some people talking about it. I'm like, well, you're, you're either jealous that you've got no one that wants to help you or you're jealous that you know someone else it's just all just stinks of just like hate and jealousy and I'm like fucking hell man how do you deal with all that sort of stuff like the negative side of the entertainment industry I guess it used to really get to me but yeah since this sort of like change of um, perspective I'm just I'm very focused I'm in my own lane I don't give a fuck what anyone else is doing you know yeah. and any negativity, it never comes back to me because I don't let it come through my peripheral, you know yeah, what I mean, and, yeah. and into my space. I'm very just tunnel vision, doing my thing. Not in a not in a horrible way, but it, it's, you know, I wish you well, whatever you're doing, but, you know, I'm doing this and, you know, you your energy is not going to affect me. So the more I do that, and obviously it's easier said than done, I'm not going to lie, I'm still a slave to social media, you know, and we all fucking scroll and think, oh, why is he doing that and why? But as soon as I feel myself getting like that, I just... I come off it, you know, and I just try off? and do something else. Yeah, well, I'll just come off the app on my phone and just chuck the phone or I'll just start um, self-promoting myself to make myself a better. <laughs> so I do like a, when there's a day when I've done loads of posts, you think Sarah's in a bad mood. <laughs> but um, yeah, so just things like that. And I, like it is, it is hard, but you just have to constantly keep checking yourself being like, stop, just, you know. Yeah. And the, the best thing to do is if you see someone doing something and it gets under your skin, be like, right, cool. And you start doing some of your own work. And yeah. Then, a couple of hours passed and then you've been productive so very true um, yeah it's a funny um, I mean I talk about social media with quite a few people I've had on the podcast and um, doing what we do you're in a way you're kind of forced to be on there and put yourself out mm. there because you've got to promote and obviously there's loads of positives that come with that you can you can cut directly to potential audiences, mm. whereas in the past you'd have to pay for that, you know, advertising or whatever. So that's obviously fantastic. And you can express yourself creatively in, mm. in loads of forms. But then obviously the downside to it is that, yeah, one, you can put, you find yourself comparing yourself to people and two, well, you, you can waste loads of time scrolling on yeah. it. And then there's all the other like social anxieties and everything that come with that. Oh, I only got so many likes. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All that sort of stuff. So it's like it's the devil's work, really, but um, we need it, like you said. Yeah, we need it, man. It's like oh, I don't get. There's some performers that don't like have Facebook when the door. They don't have Instagram, and I'm like, how the fuck do you sell tickets? Like yeah. it's almost like until obviously you build like a huge fan base and you can do all like proper like ticket sales. That's just, for me, that's the biggest way of promoting an event. Yeah, I feel like it's like if you were a big comedian in I don't know the '90s, noughties, or whatever and didn't have social media going into that then that's one thing like for instance Stuart Lee who's mm. like you know renowned for hating social media yeah. of course he can because he's a huge comedian yeah, yeah. but other than that it's like yeah that's 
that's a tricky thing. Mm, I can't wait for the day to be so successful that I can just delete all social media. That's going to be such a good day. Yeah. It's like, I don't care. I've got all my fans. I've got my real friends and family. Why the fuck do Why I need do Instagram? I need like, yeah. oh, that's going to be a good day. I've got my Twitter bio uh, waiting for the day I'm successful enough not to have a Twitter bio. Yeah, yeah. So true. <laughs> Twitter's so dead as well. Everyone says that recently. It's dead. Yeah. I mean, I've still, I've still got Twitter, but... Um... Do you, so will you, will you use that? differently than you would to social media or Facebook do you find that you approach those platforms differently yeah I don't really tweet that much really I just retweet, retweet things that I've yeah, yeah that yeah. I've been tagged in I don't you know some people they'll do like jokes and things like that I don't really do that no, Instagram is like pure creative stuff okay. with a few with like and, and music festivals never I go music festivals I'll put a p- couple of pics up and then yeah Facebook I've got two pages so I've got a normal one and then I've got my comedy one. So the comedy one is just like always just events and different shows I'm at and pictures of me at gigs and whatever. And then I've got my normal Facebook where I'll just have normal pics up and that. So yeah. there's a lot going on, mate. It's a lot. Then yeah. there's only 24 hours in the day. You know, know what I mean? I so yeah. You get yourself a social media intern. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to do. That'd be sick, innit? All right. Craig David has um, one of them. I uh, I went to see him and I was tweeting him and he was replying like real quick and I was, uh, <laughs> he tweeted me back and I was like super gassed. I was like, oh my God, it's Craig David. And then I was like, I don't think this is him. And then my mate met him, met him at a show and he chit-chatted and he actually fucking told him, yeah, that's not me. That's like, I pay someone to reply to all my fans because I can't right. do it, you, you know. can't do that, yeah. And I want to have that connection with my fans and all yeah. sort of stuff. And I was like... What? I was a bit pissed off. You feel cheated? Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel stupid because I got so uh, gassed about it. <laughs> did you take a screenshot? I did. And put it on your Instagram? Mate, it's embarrassing. But <laughs> And now I've exposed the truth. I can't help it. But yeah, oh well. Oh well. At least you know the truth now. Yeah. Because, you know, he's got to... I mean, as the song, as we know from the song, he's very busy seven days a week. I he? know, yeah. <laughs> he hasn't got time for that. He's chilling on Sunday though. He can yeah. fucking message me on God's Day, can there he? There you go. Come on, Craig, sort it out. Now he, he, mate, he smashed it, didn't he? Like he was there, like just at the right time, creamed it, absolutely mm. killed it. Just before like CD sales started to like really plummet. Yeah. Enough to just buy a mansion in Miami. Yeah. Fuck off and not have to worry about anything apart from the Keith Lemon show. Uh, well, not, no, sorry, Bo Select. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think he was happy, put it that way. No. Oh, shit. Part, um, apparently that was part of the reason why he left. Yeah, well, it ruined his career. Absolutely ruined it. Yeah. But he sort of brought him back. He's, you know, he's big So, now, yeah, he? and obviously, you know, people just do nothing when they they doing a track with him. Did you see the Radio um, yeah. Radio 1 Live Lounge? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was sick. It was so good. So sick. Because he's, a re- he's always been a great MC. Mm-mm. And you know he does that thing, doesn't he? What's it called? T one, T one or something? Where he's TS two. TS two. He he tours around DJs and MCs. Yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. It's well good. I've yeah. seen that a couple of times. He's great. He always does all the festivals. Like yeah, yeah he's like he's become like a a um uh, like a sweetheart, isn't it? Nation sweetheart. Yeah. Like he's come back and yeah, everyone loves him now, isn't it? I'm I'm actually like it's really weird because I don't know him obviously. Yeah. But you know, it's some artists you see and you're like. I'm really proud of you. Yeah, like, yeah, you feel yeah. that like connection, like your like your mate or your brother or something. Totally, yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? Yeah. How like there'd be a few you hone in on and mm. be like, yeah, I feel like there's a connection there mm. or something like that. Yeah, I suppose that's what that like, people felt like with Diana and that. Like they they always felt like yeah. I know her, and it's like no, you don't know her. Yeah, but some people they just give that vibe or finish. They're so likable. You're like oh, I feel like that that's happened recently with uh, Richard E. Grant. Yes, because when he got the nomination in that, innit? Yeah, and then he, he, he posted a letter that he wrote to Barbara Streisand mm. when he was like 12, 13 years old, and then she replied to the letter and he retweeted it, and it just went wow. viral I didn't on Twitter. see that, that's Yeah, it mad. went huge. And he's just like someone who's having a second coming in his career mm. and he's so happy about mm. it, and you can see how happy he yeah. is about it. That's the thing, I think people, it's so annoying, and a lot of comedians do this as well, like they don't celebrate their success and it really pisses me off. Like, Do you do, do you celebrate your success? Yes. Like, how, you, how do you celebrate it? Well, just being happy. Like, you know, I think a lot of people they fear coming across as arrogant, but yeah. say you've just done a really sick gig and you walk off the stage, you're allowed to say, Oh, that was so much fun, that was fucking wicked, yeah. that crowd are amazing. Like, will you, you then post that on social media? No, I wouldn't, but okay. I'd post a picture and be like, Great night at blah blah blah, sure. like, um, everyone did well, like, something like that. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, I smashed a gig tonight, <laughs> like, that's just, but I don't speak like that anyway. But, um, so I remember I've been at a gig and this comedian who's a really good friend of mine. He always tears the roof off, right? He's okay. fucking great. And he'll walk off stage and I'll go straight up to him and be like, man, that was sick. And he's he'll always like, something. he'll just go, nah, it was all right. 
Yeah. And that pisses me off because I'm just like, if we cannot in life enjoy our successes, what, what the fuck? What, what, are you doing? Doing? what are you doing it for? What makes you happy? Are you just dead inside? Do you know what 100%. I mean? Because there's going to be enough gigs or enough days in your in your life that are shitty and you'll sit back and you're, you're festering the shittiness. Why can't you celebrate the good as well? Yeah. As much as you spend your whole day pissed off because you stubbed your toe in the morning yeah. or you had a bad gig last night or you just split up with your partner. You know what I mean? It's just like, fucking hell. Like, it's, a, again, a shift of perspective. So for me... It, celebrating the good times is very very important like last night I did this hip hop jam at a place called Imaginary Millions okay. and it was fucking mad like, so I was doing my piece and the band were all playing behind me and then the, I'll show you the video after yeah. and then a woman with a saxophone came up and we just started jamming and it was Love so that. organic and it was, yeah. the crowd were going mad it was sick and everyone was like proper like high-fiving me and that and it was just, I had the biggest smile on my face and um, you know people were saying well done and I was, oh, just, I was just saying thank you you know what I mean I was just like oh nice one thanks thanks you know I weren't standing there going oh yeah it was alright because I think that comes if you do that's arrogant you know what I mean yeah because it's almost like it makes the person feel shit for saying oh for well saying, done yeah yeah very you know, true because then it makes them doubt actually was that good maybe that wasn't good yeah. you know yeah it's, yeah it's all just just be normal be normal be, you're allowed to be happy yeah I think everyone's so f- concerned about how they're coming, they're coming across. across yeah and it's like yeah, cool. It's a fucking gig on a Friday night in front of thirty people. Just be happy in it. You know, sure. it's not. It's going to make or break your career. But tonight, you can actually be happy. Yeah. It's almost like they pretend like, oh no, I can't, I can't fucking show emotion, man. You know. Yeah. Like, oh, it pretty puts it really annoys me. But, yeah, yeah, there's that, and there's also just generally people that find it difficult to celebrate. Yeah, the positive side of things, and they're just analysing their sets and going, mm. yeah, I did that bit more. Or they're beating themselves up. To be honest, I, I went through a period of doing that. Mm. Um, and then I got to a point where a couple of years ago, you know, I got uh, far in, in a few of these comedy competitions, mm. right? And uh, then it didn't happen. And a few things in a row, I had this BBC Three thing I was developing and then that didn't happen. A few things in a row, yeah, no, violin strings and all that. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, got really down about it. And then... After a few days, I went away, and then after a few days of sort of like being down about it, I had I thought to myself, well, I've got a decision to make here. If this is my career for the rest of my life, I can either A, let myself get affected every time something like this happens, mm. and there is always going to be these kind yeah. of things that happen, or I can accept it, perhaps if there's an opportunity to learn from it, dust myself off and get back on with it, mm. but not let it affect my happiness one way or another. Mm. And I did. And since then, it's, been, no, it's a massive shift. Yeah. It, like, going back to what you're saying, in energy and just general all-round mm. attitude, how I'm sort of dealing with things. Because like, I feel, you know, what we do is 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 all-encompassing because you're, you never really stop thinking about it because mm. you love what you're doing. And so it can creep into your life. And then it quite, kind of makes it difficult to disentangle that from your personal life and mm. also right I'm, I'm gonna just spend today just chilling and just relaxing because mm. there's always like those things that like oh wherever I could be I should be writing or I could be doing this or mm. should be doing that do you know what I mean whereas if you have a job obviously there's lots of negatives that come with that but if you have a job where it's sort of like Monday to Friday uh, nine to five or whatever you know that when those times are over you're free to off. do with that as you want and there's something quite nice about that mm. I still would prefer this lifestyle, though. 100%. 100%, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, some people find it really hard to switch off. I, Because, um, like I said, all the stuff comes to me quite organically. I, I find it all right to kind of just be... The only thing is, sometimes if it has been a couple of days, I will feel the guilt of, like, oh, you should really be doing something. Yeah. I feel a bit jammy, like you're literally not doing anything. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, living my life's, like, pretty easy. I, I like some, But some, some comics, like, or some performers, it's just, like, work, work, work constantly. Yeah. I feel like, fucking hell, man. Like, Enjoy life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's how you get more inspiration by just living your life, isn't it? Yeah. So if you're always working, how I, I don't get how how you're coming up with more stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. So what will um, be your? How do you switch off? I know, obviously, you do the YouTube K hole videos. K hole videos. Well, that's what I call it. I like mean, you go into a K hole, but for YouTube videos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking what? What do I do? I um, I play drums. So how long have you been playing the drums for? Two and a half years. Okay. Um, what made you get into that? I've always wanted to play ever since I was a kid and okay. I was never obviously allowed a drum kit because you know, it's expensive and yeah, noisy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was when I was a kid, like I said, I was just a little prick. So I used to give up everything. I've tried anything you can name. I've tried it. Every type of sport. My mum, I was obviously very angry and I had friends, but I was almost like, 
I didn't want to make friends with anyone. So my mum <clears throat> thought I was a really weird kid. So she really, and my brother's very sociable. He's a very sociable child, really friendly. I wanted to make friends with everyone. So she'd shove us in all these classes because she's like, well, I want you to learn stuff and I want you to make friends. And I just used to quit everything. Brownies, tennis lessons, swimming lessons, fucking football, netball, gymnastic, everything. Like all the instruments I tried to play, violin, piano, guitar. Like, and I just quit, 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 quit. Because I never used to get on with teachers. I never used to get on with other kids. And I, I just used to give up, you know what I mean? Mm. It, 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 I was a sort of child where if on day one I didn't know how to do it, I'd, you know, I didn't enjoy the process. And my mum was like, yeah, but Sarah... You can't know something day one. You yeah. can't sit down and now be able to learn the piano. You have to do the left hand, then the right hand. And it takes years to learn. And then you're on the guitar, you've got to learn the chords. And I'm like, nah, fuck all that shit. So nothing ever stuck. And then when I started doing comedy full time, I wanted a few things to do in the day, like to kind of keep me um, energised and focused and, uh, you know, what's the word? Just like, so that I'm just not sitting in my arse all day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because realistically, are you going to be writing comedy all day? Mm. No. So I'm just like, I can't just spend my days just at home in bed until I t- until my gig. It's not healthy, in it? So I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm an adult. I've got money. I live on my own. I'm going to go and fucking do some drum lessons. So I started booking in drum lessons. Then that, so I started that in the November. The December, January, I bought a drum kit. And yeah, it's just gone, gone from there, really. I love and now, that. Yeah, and now I just love it so much because it's like, it's the one thing as an adult I've consciously decided to do. And it's made me feel like really grown up. It's really weird because you know like you yeah. pass your driving test and you yeah. move out and then you get a job or you do this and this. These little things that mark you different stages of you as you're growing up. But this was like, I can do what I like. This is my money, my time. Bang, I'm going to do it. It's something I've always wanted to learn. And I've just learned it. And it's, it's fucking mad. I love it so much. And it's the only thing that I can switch off yeah. because it's repetitive. You know, you can be writing comedy, go on your phone. An hour passes, you've been on Facebook. Or like cook food or you speak to a mate or you watch a bit of TV there's so many things you can get distracted and the hours and the days go past and you're like fuck I haven't done anything but with music you have to be in the present moment and again that that helps my depression because people either live in the past or they're anxious about the future apart from meditation and a few other things how can you really be in the present and being in the present is happiness Present is happiness, and so many people don't live in the present. You know what I mean? You're constantly worrying oh, about bills and, oh, fucking hell, I wish I never said that. It's cringe. And thinking about gigs, it's, how many times can you really say, I am in the right here, right now? And it's hard. I found it very hard. So drums, for me, makes gets me centred. If I'm feeling a bit, ooh, like, off, I just play drums, and it's like I've got the music there, and it's the, repet- the repetitiveness. I, my mind can't wander, because I'll fuck up the beat. Yeah. I have to be there. Plus, I'm making music, and I love it. I love being in the zone of actually creating something. And, um, oh, it's fucking sick. And then now with my show and stuff, like doing stuff with my guitarist and my piano player and all this other stuff and making the album, it's like, it just feels so cool to be creating something. Like, I've yeah. always been passionate about music, and now I can make music. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, like it's always it's something that I feeling. yeah that I would look at other people and be like oh that's cool like yeah. the same way I look at dancers I'm like fuck I wish I could dance like that I'll never be able to because I'll never give the time to learn it but it's something I really admire and to admire music and now be in the stage where I'm a musician I'm like wow man fucking sick yeah. and it helps me you know it helps my mental health so yeah, that's it's, fantastic. it's ticking a lot of boxes it just goes to show that if you want to you can learn anything exactly I'm reading a book on this at the moment it's called like Growth Mindset it's from this doctor Dr Quake I think her name is and she's done years and years of research she said there's two mindsets there's a fixed mindset which sounds very similar to what you were saying how you described you were like when you were growing up and a fixed mindset is you kind of you want to be great at what you do mm. but as soon as sort of your challenge you don't want to take on that challenge because you're scared you might be scared discovered. Of failure. Scared of failure, exactly that, and rejection. Yeah, yeah. Or, or being Fuck, considered stupid. that was stupid. exactly me when I was a kid. That's mad. And then the growth mindset is where um, you are basically open to challenges. In fact, you want to be challenged because you know by being yeah. challenged, you're going to progress yeah. as an individual or progress at whatever it is that you're doing. And... Yeah, those two types of people, once they get out into the world, it's really interesting. They're doing studies, for instance, on athletes. So someone like mm. Michael Jordan, he is a growth mindset uh, person because he was constantly training, constantly. How can I make myself better? Mm. How can I make myself better? Okay, yeah, there's a side to be said, you know, based on what we were saying before, how that could maybe be, that could have a negative if you're, you know, constantly thinking about that. Mm. But that drive to just try new things whatever it is like you're saying drumming and the happiness that brings you mm. can only come about from that type of mindset we're mm. like do you know what fuck it I might be shit at this for two years but 
I love doing it. Exactly. So yeah. why not? And and I think not enough people do things just for the sake of like mm. the joy. Mm. You know, for me, sometimes I find, I know what I'm like. I can be sometimes too strategic. I do this because it, this X, Y, Z yeah, might happen. Yeah. It's like, no, no, just do it mm. because you love doing it. Yeah, yeah. I had a piano lesson like at the end of the year. I said to myself, I want to learn piano. I want to yeah. Learn piano. I did the piano lesson and I swear it brought me so much joy. I was <laughs> loving it. Yeah. I haven't done it since. I was like, that's not a priority mm-hmm. right now. So it's great to hear you saying that, yeah, you know what? You tried this and you've just stuck with it yeah yeah and it's that's the thing because there's no outcome it's not like I want to be in a band or I want to be a musician it's just something on the sideline but actually I probably in the future will be able to incorporate it into my art so it sounds it 100% yeah so it's it's fucking cool but that's definitely not that wasn't, that the, wasn't the, aim. the aim yeah it was yeah. just for fun so yeah that's uh that's funny about the Michael Jordan thing because I read a quote about him about saying the reason why I'm successful is because I failed so many times yeah, a thousand times yeah and uh I thought fuck yeah because that, that, that is the thing like I think it's definitely when I was a child, I was angry and I made out, oh, you know, I don't, I don't care. But it was, I really cared. That was the problem. That's I the cared problem. a you lot. Hide it and that. I was so embarrassed of failure. Yeah, and I same. had this, you know, war and I was just like, shit, like, it's a shame, really. I was kind of overlooked by a lot of, you know, professionals and teachers and whatever, because if they'd have tapped into that and just given me that confidence and that support and encouragement, yeah. what could have been achieved? Because I know how much I'm achieving as an adult. As a, you know, and I'm not dumb, but it's like I was so overlooked at school. It's like shit, man. It's a shame, really. But at least I've realised it, and I'm grasping back all that shit. When well, you know, some people never, they never realise it, and then not, they just go through life, and it's sad, man. Not only do they never do they never realise it, and not only did you realise it, but you've realised it at a relatively young age. Yeah. So you're like very way lucky, ahead man. of the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, you can see like the positivity just like emanating <laughs> from you, and it's so nice to be yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good. Because it's a rarity. Mm. It is a rarity. Yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying it, man. It's like, it's crazy. I don't know. I feel like I'm not, it's like, it's not me. It's mad. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. It's That's good. awesome. So, all right, we're going to just to sum things up. So the general theme of this is, you know, as, as you know, that the, the, the podcast is called Balancing Acts and it's trying to dissect like how we balance our creative life mm. with our everyday life. What does balance mean to you and how do you incorporate that in your your way of living um so i live quite freely my art is not like i said not a strategic thing like work now play now you know what i mean they just mold if you know if i get a blast of inspiration i'll just do it but in terms of balancing which i know a lot of um, there's a few different comedians that to, to them it's just like insane but for me family is very very important okay so once a month i will always book off a couple of days to go and see my mum. she lives in dorset i always try and see my brother i look after my niece every wednesday family things i will happily cancel a gig however important if it's a birthday or an event um so yeah family comes first 100 percent for me um you're and a close family very close yeah, yeah. so that become, becomes before art and any any of that shit. You know, I always have Christmas off and birthdays and things like that. Some comedians will work all Christmas, all New Year's. For me, it's not worth the money, you know. It's people people and love is important. And these, hopefully my career will always be there. People in my life won't, you know. Unfortunately, there's going to be a day when people die, you know what I mean? So I would dread to think, oh, you know, I wish I'd spent more time with them. Oh, I was at a gig in Hull. Like, fuck off, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing means that much. So, um... Yeah, so I do that. And also in terms of my personal enjoyment, music festivals. So I'm very lucky that I get to perform at a lot of music festivals, but the ones that I don't, um, a lot of my money goes on music. Does it? Because I love music, you know what I mean? And you've got to be happy in this world, innit? What's the point in earning money if you can't spend it on shit you enjoy? Totally. So yeah, they're the only two things really that it's a definite like I'm sacrificing like a gig or um, my creative stuff for this. For those. But other than that, everyday life, it just all kind of moulds into one, which is really nice. Yeah, sounds it. It sounds mm. like... It sounds like that's working for you, so why change yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. What yeah. are your music festivals, what are your favourite music festivals to attend? Mm, um, obviously, the vibe of Glastonbury is incredible, yeah. but it's just too busy. I don't like the fact it's... It's, long, isn't it? it's it, I was overwhelmed by the amount yeah. of people, to be fair. And it's so busy, you miss acts because you can't get to the fucking stage in time. So yeah. it's like, I'm here for the music, but you're actually preventing me from actually seeing the bands, which is bullshit. So I don't really like all that, but... Um, Daytime ones, I really like Transmit Festival in Glasgow. It, okay. uh, it's only been going for the last three years. I've been to every one. single one. Yeah, it took over from Tea in the Park because okay. people were dying and getting fucking stabbed and shit. 
So they got rid of that and they got this one called Transmit and it's wicked. The vibe is good. There's no fights. Like, it's just all love. The lineups are incredible. You see like 20 bands. It's, it's three days, but it's not camping. It's like three separate days. I go for the three days, but I just go and get a hotel. Go back, go back. Nice, I love nice. it. I've been the last Do three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like that. I like wireless because that's, yeah. that's all like the, you know, hip hop garage grime. they've got grime and rap yeah. and stuff so I, I that's what i love i love rock and grime and hip-hop are my three sort of main genres i like what was the other one i performed at kendall calling a couple of times that's cool Festival's is good but i love them all really yeah I love them wicked all. what's your favorite oh god man do you know what i'm just out of festival <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it's get back into it i need to get back into it i used to, i do you know what i went i went through this weird phase of like um so right do you know what there's like, you can either be a consumer or you can be a producer, right? Mm. The consumer people that will go to the festivals and take it all in, get drunk, whatever, listen to music and have a really good time. The producers are the ones that are there to perform mm. and create those vibes for everyone else. So it's like, I'm not going to, I want to only start going back to festivals when I'm a producer. I see when I'm an act that's yeah. booked to perform there. Mm. But then at the same time, going back to what you're saying, you know, you, you, know, you think, well that's not a way to live necessarily you know just enjoy yourself yeah if you enjoy um, it, I'm just going in yeah, yeah yeah totally I did a secret garden party I mean this is like oh, four wow. or five years ago what performed or went as a punter no no just punter mm. just as a punter yeah I like some of the smaller ones I did the wilderness. That's very middle class. Okay. Uh, but it is, to be fair, it is good. It yeah, is good. yeah. They've got like, this big lake and you go swimming there. Middle class people get fucked up, man. Oh, yeah. They know how to party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. But they're drinking champagne and not cider. Yeah, and there's also like loads of organic tents, uh, for, like organic food tents mm. and all that sort of stuff. Nice. Uh, so if you get the munchies, you know... At least you're eating healthy. Exactly, there you go. You come back and you're like, oh, actually, I've got a radiant glow. <laughs> Yes, um, but yeah, I tell you what, I would love to go to is uh, Giles P- Peterson's Festival Worldwide. Oh, I've not heard. I've not heard that one. That's been going for years, and that's always been. Um, what sort of music is it? One I want to go to. It's um, well, it's a combination of like well, world music, whatever that means. Okay, right, yeah. But also Probably a bit of like banger and all that. Yeah, all stuff. that. I mean, he's an incredible. Mm. He's just he's an incredible DJ and just uh, a curator of world music, but mm. also kind of like jazzy hip-hop vibes yeah. and it's meant to be beautiful and it's not right it's this village near near the sea and you can go like swimming in the sea come back have a little boogie yeah so that's my kind of vibe nice um so yeah i guess i'll have to go to a load of festivals this summer and report back to you yeah do it do it um but thank you so much it's thank been an um, enlightening conversation um <laughs> Where can people find you on social media, etc.? Uh, um, yeah, you can get me on social media. Um, so Instagram is scallahan one and my Twitter is Sarah E. Callahan. Okay. The E is very important. Why? Because there's loads of Sarah Callahan. Okay, and I thought so, you meant it had like some symbolic No, no, no. It's just the, the, the initial of my middle name. Okay. So um, yeah, Sarah E. Callahan, And then on like on Facebook and stuff, I've also got my website, www.sarahcallahan.com and all my gig list is on there and... You can buy my book, basically. That's what I'm saying, because I'm really broke and I would love the money. There you go. <laughs> uh, when, when's, the, when's the book going to be available? Is it on your website? It's on my website, now? yeah. Okay, it's, it's available now? Yes, it's available okay. now. Okay, amazing. Is that a natural spoken word poetry? It is, yeah. Okay, awesome, yeah. awesome. All right, Sarah, thanks so much. Thank you. Perfect. Feeling inspired after that? I know I am. And following on from our conversation, I was like, yes, I need to go out and just immerse myself in creativity and get inspired. So uh, book tickets to see a fantastic play called Mouthpiece at Soho Theatre. I highly recommend you go and see it. It's on till the 4th of May. And that was off the back of, you know, us chatting and saying, you know, you've got to get out there. You've got to live your life. How else are you going to find the inspiration? You can't just sit behind a laptop hoping it's going to come to you. I try and immerse myself in art, culture and all the rest of it when I can. But sometimes you just forget, don't you? You just like you're living your life and you can get lazy. Like who can be asked to trek into town? Like when you can just sit on your sofa and watch a Netflix special. Let's be honest. So I needed that. I needed that kick up the arse which she inadvertently gave me. So, uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. As always, please like, share, and do comment. It really helps. And review us on iTunes. All all of that business, uh, it really does help. So... 
Thank you very much for listening. Now go out, release yourself from the shackles of your creative burdens and immerse yourself in culture. Go be free. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.